August 11, 2011. This is Fantasy Baseball Today here for CBSSports.com. No man in white. No sign stealing going on in the studio, fellas. No arms over the head. No arms over the head. Adam Azer here with Al Melchior and Scott White. We're going to talk about that story. We've got a lot of young players performing very well right now. Update on the Yankees rotation and so much more coming up. On Social Media Thursday here on Fantasy Baseball Today, we are taking your tweets at CBS Fantasy BB and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy, your Facebook questions and comments. And, of course, put podcasts in the subject line. Send us an email at dmfantasybaseballcbs.com. Let's start with the sign stealing. Those Blue Jays, they're at it again. Uh, Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly, yeah. So this story is interesting because it's – unsubstantiated, to say the least. ESPN.com published a story. I actually think it might be ESPN the magazine. But man in white, sitting in center field. Uh, Some some opponents in the bullpen caught him. Puts his hands over his head when there's an off-speed pitch. Doesn't do anything with his hands when there's a fastball. What do you guys make of this? You know... I went and read the story, and the picture they paint makes it sound very plausible. They they do a lot of things looking at Blue Jays' home road splits versus yeah. visitors' home road splits. But it, there just seems like too many holes. For, I, I mean, for instance, if, if it's as prevalent as they claim it is, how do they not get this guy on camera in some form or fashion? Right. It seems like it would be easy to do if you're going to publish this story. I mean, why not take that step and, before and, you actually do it? And put the guy on camera? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's the biggest thing. But then you break it down even further than that. Why are the, the pitchers' home road splits uh, different to why, you know, Jose Bautista, for instance, this year his uh, – Home road splits are, are pretty close to the same. Actually has more home runs on the road. So there, there's just a lot of things that just don't add up for me. Yeah, and, and what are those home road differentials like uh, You know, for the home team versus the visiting team as compared to in other stadiums too? Because I would think that hitters would get used to hitting in their home park sure. in a way that the visiting team you know, might not be able to take advantage of it. So, yeah, I agree with Scott. Uh, it's not a completely implausible accusation, but not enough there to – to completely jump on it. Yeah, I mean, when the Yankees came out and, and said that they, there could be people relaying signs or the Blue Jays could be using some, something other than a player on the field, say at second base, to relay signs, that raised eyebrows, especially when you combine it with the story. But there's really nothing concrete here. Um, so it's interesting. But yeah, you're right, Scott. Why not take, go the extra mile and, and put the guy on camera? <laughs> And yeah. get proof of this if, instead of just hearsay. If you can't do that, then it's not happening often enough to really be an issue, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. All right, well, let's get into the show. Three up, three down. I don't love three up today, but I love three down. Because we're going to talk about Carlos Gonzalez and whether or not you should consider sitting him in the postseason when he has an entire week of road games. There could be two such weeks. So let's, uh, let's get the three up first. Andrew McCutcheon. I just want to talk about him really going into next year and looking at what he's done this year because yesterday he scored four times while getting one hit. He drew three walks. He's having a really solid year. Are you moving him up your rankings next year? Is he elite yet? Yeah, I think so. Well, personally for me, he's met my expectations because I kind of already considered him elite coming into the year. Uh, I I consider last year really his breakout season. This year he has taken another step forward. Um, you know, has struggled some since the all-star break batting average down the 270 range now, but, but still power and speed wise, I I think there is a little bit of improvement 
but like I said, I think he was already elite. Yeah, I'm. I mean, we we pretty much thought a breakout was coming. Oh no, I guess you you thought it was already was yeah. there. I'm not sure, you know what what constituted the breakout for you because I look at last year compared to this year, and he made much bigger strides this season. So that's to me what takes him from where I guess I'm just a step behind you in, in my assessment of McCutcheon because this year I thought he stood a little something left to prove and he's proved I, it. I think the, it. the only thing, the main thing that's changed from this year and last year is, is on a better home run pace. But yes. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I just feel like there was enough improvement in the other categories last year that that was actually the breakout. But, you know, we're kind of yeah, picking nits split, here. But, but, but you say you consider him elite, but it's not like he was being drafted in the first round. Uh, no, know, is, he's is not he a first rounder Carl now. Crawford? Is he Car- no. better than Crawford next year? Oh, uh, hmm. well, that, that's a complicated question. Yeah, I mean, I would consider it. I mean, it's. I don't think it's an outlandish thing. Okay. But I just to, feel to like that has more to do with Crawford, Crawford than, than McCutcheon. Okay. Yeah, well, obviously a lot of season left to play, so we'll see. Three up, number two, Seattle first baseman Mike Carp. He had his fourth home run, second home run in four games. Who'd you rather own, Carp or Kochman? I actually think they're sort of similar in value and similar in the types of ways that they can help you. But Carp has a little bit more power than Kochman does, so I actually would take Carp over Kochman. Would you drop Aubrey Huff to pick up Mike Carp? You know, I, I guess I'm not as high on Carp in general. Uh, I like what he's done, and uh, I and I like that they they've kept using him. I had some concerns when Trayvon Robinson came up that there wouldn't be enough room for Robinson, Wells, and Carp. Carp started 18 straight games, but most recently, that's been at first base with Justin Smoke out with a thumb injury. When Smoke comes back, what does that do with that picture? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just can't see Carp being an everyday player. And that puts him at the bottom of those three, Kochman, Huff, and then Carp. All right, three up, number three. A couple players here, a couple youngsters, Kipnis and Laurie. They both homered yesterday. For Laurie, it was his second. For Kipnis, it was his sixth. And, and he, re- he crushed it, too. And he had five hits. He fell a triple short of a cycle. So I dropped Jamile Weeks this morning to pick up Kipnis. Um, I don't know. Is that an overreaction? How high are you on these two guys right now? Well, I'm high on both of them. And I think in a situation like yours where you, you had a strength in one category, you had strength in steals, yeah. right? And you needed to buttress uh, you know, some of the other categories. I like that move a lot. I think overall their value is probably pretty similar. And I, I'm high on both guys, Weeks and Kipnis. And Laurie? Who do and, you like better, Kipnis or Laurie? I actually like Laurie even a little better yeah. than, than both of them. All right. Three down. Let's get the cargo debate rolling here. Carlos Gonzalez, these are his road stats. You wouldn't start a guy with these stats. 225 batting average, 289 on base percentage, 375 slugging, six steals in 46 games. So why don't people sit him on the road? And we are in Fantasy Week 19. In Fantasy Week week 22, Carlos Gonzalez has seven road games at Arizona and San Diego. Uh, He has been very good at Arizona this year, not good at San Diego. Uh, Very small sample size. Last week of the season, and and this could be your fantasy championship He's got road games, I think six, maybe seven, Houston and San Francisco. He has not played at Houston yet. Bad numbers so far at AT&T in San Francisco. And again, small sample size. I was just looking at this year. Mm-hmm. But going into the playoffs, would you be gutsy enough to maybe put Carlos Gonzalez on your bench in week 22? I wouldn't. I, I believe Carlos Gonzalez, people start him on the road because he's Carlos Gonzalez. And that means something to me. And I understand this might not be the most scientific viewpoint, but 
I just feel like if if I bench Carlos Gonzalez because he's on the road and he has a huge week, I'm going to be very upset about that. More than if he has a bad week on the road and I had him in my lineup. He's it, probably if, not going to have a huge week. Well, <laughs> it's possible. He's capable of hitting on the road. He hit 289 on the road last year. The splits were still dramatically different home and away, but 289, I mean, he's, he's a capable hitter on the road. And because he's Carlos Gonzalez and he's capable of so many other things, I, there's still a good possibility he could have a, a very good week on the road. Yeah, but even those road splits from a year ago when he hit 289, it wasn't with a lot of power, not, no. not for an outfielder. And, and if we weren't having this conversation, if I hadn't looked at the numbers uh, – beforehand uh i would be saying scott exactly the same thing you are he's carlos gonzalez i would kick myself if i benched him but after looking at almost two full years of road numbers for him i would bench him um because it's it's very consistent and he hits with less power because he strikes out i don't know the reason why but he strikes out a ton more on the road both last Stealing year signs. and this year <laughs> that's what it is yeah actually i had the joke lined up and then i didn't sorry didn't didn't <laughs> I, pop I, it so I, I no you know your it. joke yeah <laughs> so good good work there but um yeah he strikes out a ton on the road and um and also it's a lot more ground balls and it, it's last season and this season so i don't know i find it hard to argue with that i think you you found yeah. a really uh, helpful set of splits here i would i would also go back and look at what he did at chase field last year and if he tore it up there, because obviously that's a great hitter's park. Right. And looking specifically at, at Fantasy Week 22, um, where he's at Arizona and San Diego for seven road games, if he was great at Chase Field last year, then maybe that would be a week where I'd consider starting him on the road. But, you know, if not, I, I think if you have great options, Al would say go with him over Cargo. Scott would not. So you make the call yourself. Uh, Eric Hosmer is three down number two, and he's cold. No extra base hits in his last eight games. Any concerns for Eric Hosmer? Not really. There's been some up and down to his rookie season, and you know any rookie you can expect that, particularly one as young as Hosmer is. I'm still more or less encouraged and, and feel like he should be starting in most leagues most weeks. Who's your American League Rookie of the Year? Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm going to still stick with Michael Pineda for now. Uh, But I think the way he's trending, that that could change. Al? Yeah. um, Hellickson, maybe? uh, Pineda was the first name that popped in my head. Hellickson was the second. I don't know. I I think even with the way that Pineda's going, I would probably go with somebody besides Hellickson. Okay. All right, three down number three is Andre Ethier. Since the All-Star break... Only one home run and seven RBIs. Can you justify sitting him if you feel like you have better options? He's being started in 85% of leagues. Andre Ethier. Yeah, and here's another case where, you know, based on name and reputation, I would have said no. But then after actually doing some research, um, which I I actually did not for for this show, but for a column that uh, I wrote a few days ago, um, his power is is legitimately vanishing. Um, and again, I'm not exactly sure why. I actually got an interesting email from a reader. Right, yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, that uh, thought maybe it was you know still holdover from the pinky injury, and maybe he made some adjustments. But actually, the the downturn in power. Well, I think you could could date it back to last year, but it really has accelerated this season. So it's it's mysterious, but it's it's hard to deny. The the um, average distance on his home runs is down two consecutive years, and the average speed of home run balls off of each year's bat is down two consecutive years. Uh, those data, by the way, are courtesy of the uh, ESPN Hit Tracker uh, website. That's um, 
So I don't, I don't hear that referred to often. The speed of, of the, the home ball. of the ball. Yep. On the, that's I, I, I like it l- though. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I it's yeah. Look at some of that. You know, it's a little bit of of supporting evidence other than just saying, well, he's hitting fewer home runs. I mean, yeah. It's it's not just a luck factor. Yeah, I would have an easier time sitting easier than Cargo. The difference for me is when Cargo's good, he's like best player in baseball. Good when Ethier's good, he's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, some interesting analysis today on some stud players. <laughs> Good stuff. Let's move on. The rotation now. Five pitchers who caught our eye from Wednesday's games. And it's not always a good thing to catch our eye. Like Gio Gonzalez, he allowed one run through five innings in Toronto. And then in the sixth inning, he gave up three straight hits. And then he was pulled for Craig Breslow, who allowed Brett Laurie's grand slam. So those three runs were charged to Gio Gonzalez. Five-plus innings, four earned runs, five more walks. What do you do here? Do you drop him? Do you stash him? This is a stretch run. You need a reliable guy in your rotation. Owned in 95% of leagues, Gio Gonzalez started in just 64%. I say stash. Um, you remember back in April, uh, for either most of the month or maybe all of the month, he didn't strand yeah. or, or he stranded every base runner he had, rather. Um, had this incredible run of good luck. He's had just as much bad luck now lately. Not stranding very many base runners. 433 BABIP over his last four starts, and yet decent line drive rates, so um, decent uh, ground ball. Better, actually, the better ground ball ratio than he had earlier in the year. So not really doing anything on the mound to suggest that he's a worse pitcher. I think it's just, uh, you know, just a slump. Okay. Jonathan Sanchez. I, I know a lot of owners dropped some good pitchers for Jonathan Sanchez because we were getting asked about it last week, and he has not performed uh, four and a third at home against Pittsburgh, his second bad start. Since coming off the DL, he allowed four and runs, walked four, struck out six. Dropper stash Sanchez. I still think he deserves to be owned, but these starts, I, I can't say I'm completely confident they're going to end and he's going to dominate down the stretch. This is always a danger with Sanchez. He's always walked far too many batters, and before last year, it always ruined him before the end of the season he start usually would start out great and then everybody'd have to give up on him at some point (laughs) so there's the potential that that could be happening again well i mean he already got sent down so there's a potential that that's what happened way back then uh but for now i'm I'm gonna hold on to him and, and see where it goes so let's look at the yankees rotation ivan nova yesterday thanks to his bullpen finished with a with a respectable line but joe girardi said he's in the rotation yeah, I'm not sure if that's a, a permanent thing, but for now he's in the rotation, which means Phil Hughes and A.J. Burnett are battling for the fifth spot in the rotation right now, which is amazing. Let's start with Nova. He's owned in 51% of leagues. Let's compare him to some guys. Uh, first of all, would you consider dropping either Gio Gonzalez or Jonathan Sanchez for Nova? I don't think I would. Sanchez is a much closer call than, than Gio, but I, I want it. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. No way I would drop Gio for uh, Nova. Sanchez, if he doesn't come out of this in the next couple of starts, I would consider it. How about R.A. Dickey, who is owned in less leagues than Ivan Nova? Nova or Dickey? I like Dickey better for now. Okay. I, I think no, now that Nova does have an assured spot, I would take him because of the supporting cast argument, but... Uh, Ability-wise, I think they're close. And if you own Burnett and Hughes, it's incredible that A.J. Burnett, he's owned in so many leagues, might be out of the rotation soon, but we'll see. Uh, And 
Next up in the rotation is Anibal Sanchez. An inning and two-thirds, seven hits, five earned runs. He's really given up a lot of hits lately. He, he has. I'm sure you remember the scene in Airplane, you know, when Lloyd Bridges says, I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Yeah. You know, I picked the wrong week to make Anibal Sanchez a must-start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really did. And uh, I knew he had been trending in a bad way coming into this, but it was a really, really short window of, of just a few starts, really two out of three starts where everything looked pretty bad. But, you know, the rest of the season looked really good for Sanchez. But this may be just the, the camel that uh, that breaks my back here in terms of supporting him as a, a guy you start. The camel yeah. or the straw? Or the, the straw uh, that breaks the, the camel's straw that back. Bra- straws that's- break camel's backs. Camels break Al Melchior's back. Yeah, I said camel? Yeah. Well, that's that's how bad it is. It's not just a straw. It's all it's the whole camel. It's well, a camel. Yeah, no, I'm that straw. means Al has a much stronger back than a camel. Yeah, which I which don't. So I is... I meant straw. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Josh Colmenter uh, instead of camels. Colmenter got a lot, uh, you know, a lot of criticism around him being in that rotation, and uh, I guess he justified it a little bit yesterday. Four hits over seven innings. He allowed two runs against the Astros. Are you excited about that at all? And then let's compare him to another guy who pitched well yesterday, Nick Blackburn. Colmenter or Blackburn? Shall we say it together? Colmenter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, does this start doing anything well. for you? He's owned in thirty-seven percent of leagues. Uh, yeah. Well, it does something. It tells me I can't write him off yet, but. At the same time, this is what we've seen from Colmenter pretty much all season, where he's either good, as in this good, or, or completely terrible. And uh, there's enough of the terrible for me that I would have a very hard time starting him, even in a two-start week in a mixed league. All right. Injuries, news, and notes. Hanley Ramirez is on the DL. How long will he be there? Looks like minimum stay. Uh, we can't be certain of that, but that's uh, that's the team's hope. What's up with Brandon Phillips's elbow, Al? He burned you yesterday. He oh yeah, he did. You're right. Good <laughs> quick pitch there, but uh, <laughs> bizarre situation over overall. And it's funny because I actually you know had tweeted something about uh, you know after the podcast saying I expect this guy to to rebound, and I think within about ten minutes. Brandon Phillips himself tweets, uh, oh, my God, woke up this morning, elbow looks like a balloon, I need an x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the odd thing was that I didn't really see reports after that for a while. I was following the, the Brandon Phillips news network on Twitter. And uh, so you know, he reported he was going to the doctor, and they reported that the x-rays came back, and they were negative, fortunately. So no structural damage for Brandon Phillips's elbow. Uh, he was hit by a pitch there on Tuesday, I believe, and it was diagnosed as uh, there's a long technical term, but basically tennis elbow. Okay. And uh, uh, expected to be out about five days, basically the rest of the week. Okay. Well, so... Great start this week. Yeah. Um, actually, somebody tweeted me yesterday and said I look like Madison Bumgarner. And I, I looked it up and I said, I disagree. I look like Ryan Braun. Which is true. Next I, time you see uh, Ryan Braun. I, I'm trying to picture them both here. I, I do think Braun is closer than Bumgarner. Yeah. I, uh, it's a good thing to look like Ryan Braun, I guess. I'll take that. When, well, first time somebody told me that, I was like, all right. Yeah. I'll tell, take. tell me what you think of this uh, next time we have Jeff Lippman on the podcast. I think he looks like Charlie Morton. I'd have to look up Charlie Morton. I right. can't say I'm I'm familiar enough <laughs> with his looks. Uh, and, of course, Al is a dead ringer for Ryan Roland-Smith. Tommy Hansen does not have structural damage in his shoulder. He received a shot he hopes to pitch next week. But uh, I don't know. It seems a little risky, even against the Giants. But uh, well, we have a start-sit show on, on uh, Sunday and, of course, a pitching planner to help you out there. 
The Royals call up catcher Salvador Perez. Any value here? I don't think enough for mixed league use. Yeah, he's 21, and there has been some improvement with the power in the minors, but still not really numbers that scream fantasy-relevant option. It's just so hard with catchers. I mean, it's really impressive what he's done as a 21-year-old, but a lot of catchers seem to look great really young, and they just never (laughs) seem to transition to the major leagues. Michael Brantley dealing with a bad wrist, and we hate to see wrist injuries, and Shinsu Chu may be back next week, so uh, that could be good for the Indians, but Brantley dealing with that wrist, he's been bad for the Indians. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be sitting him next week. Matt Holliday is day-to-day with a back injury. Chris Narvison does go to the DL with a cut finger. A-Rod could return at some point in Week 20. He will begin a rehab assignment this weekend. A full week does not look likely right now for Alex Rodriguez. But Justin Morneau, guys, he could be back on Friday. So hooray. Hooray. Yeah, and there might actually be reason to celebrate looking at what he's done in the minors. Granted, it's AAA pitching, but uh, over 400, had several doubles. Um, and for a guy who looked like he couldn't hit anything in the first half, that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, so would you rather roll with, with Morneau, or would you take a shot on a younger guy like Jesus Guzman who just keeps on, keeps on hitting and keeps on contributing? If I was thinking for the rest of the season, I would have to go with Morneau. I mean, obviously, um, you know what he's capable of, and, and Guzman is still a bit of a mystery, but... Uh, that first week back, I, I would still probably trust Guzman more. Yeah, okay. Uh, Brennan Bosch, you know, we talked about him in one of our emails yesterday because he's been slumping. Well, it turns out he needs an MRI on his thumb. He'll get that checked out. And, yeah, he's been cold, so maybe you can get that fixed. Uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce <laughs> Harper's crazy. I, I, you know, this it maybe isn't so fantasy relevant, but if I own him in one of those leagues where you, you go prospect hunting um, – I would be a little worried about him. He threw his helmet down after being called out on strike three. He cursed out the umpire, oh. got right in his face, got thrown out of the game. I mean, he's got serious maturity issues. You're, I don't know. You're kind of exaggerating. The slamming down the helmet was pretty uh, ridiculous, pretty dramatic. But uh, he's 18. Yeah, Think about. He, I, did you have a short temper when you were 18? I have a short temper right now. <laughs> well, <Scott>. clearly, <laughs> I, I just think we're we're being a little too hard on this guy. You know, I, I think so I think many... about some of the stupid things I, stupid no reactions I had. No, 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 no you're I, a saint. Well, okay. <laughs> Let, let's, say, let's say, let's <laughs> say. Obviously, I, I was I did not consider myself a rebellious teenager. I I was considered myself the opposite of that. But at the <laughs> same time, I would have short-tempered reactions to things sometimes too. And obviously, the stakes are much higher in a professional baseball game and. He's 18. I, I I think we could cut him a little slack for this. Al, were you a rebellious teenager? <laughs> I was not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Neither was I. This is the like the dorkiest podcast. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do anything bad. Uh, and there's no reason for uh, Jorge Posada to be owned in 37 percent of leagues. Is there? Can we drop him now that he is officially a bench player? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, don't, Sign yeah. off on that. All right. I can go for that. All right. We don't have too much time to look around baseball. So I'll ask you guys really quickly, two guys who are kind of hot right now and owned in a similar amount of leagues for deep, 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 deep leagues. Who do you like, Will Venable, David DeJesus? I think I like Venable more, mostly because of the steals. But I, I saw after this performance, four hits Wednesday, he's up to 270. His batting average. That blew me away, considering where he was. Yeah, okay. 
Kevin Millwood, he allowed three solo homers, but he struck out six Reds in seven innings with one walk. Not terrible. No, Kevin no. Millwood and Coors, Coors Field could have turned out a lot worse. Actually, yeah. I think this one might have been this, Cincinnati. This was on, yeah, it this was, was on the road, yeah. but but still, the three solo homers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't count on those all being solo shots. No, you cannot. Uh, Angels starter Garrett Richards struggled in his Major League debut. Three runs in the first inning, settled down a little bit, ended up giving up six runs in five innings. Um, and uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, guys, what's your thoughts on what he did yesterday? Eight innings for Jimenez, six strikeouts, three runs on six hits. That was his Indians' home debut facing the Tigers. Yeah, looks like he's settling in. That's that's a little more like it. Yeah, 97% ownership started in 72% of leagues. So social media Thursday begins. Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Twitter is at CBS Fantasy BB. Let's start with the tweets. Robert Gassaway. More home runs, rest of the season, Goldschmidt or J.D. Martinez? I think we now have the perfect opportunity for me to say, I love gold. There it is. <laughs> Goldschmidt. I didn't know if that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Goldschmidt. Um, Pedro Perez, Brett Laurie or Danny Valencia? I think Brett Laurie pretty easily. Uh, Valencia, when he's facing right-handers, is not a good hitter. Okay. That's the bottom line. Mike Wagner on Twitter. Do I need to offer more than Neil Walker or Brandon Phillips to get Adam Jones or Nelson Cruz? Trading partner only has Gordon Beckham at second base. So does he need to up his offer? He's going to offer either Walker or Phillips to get Adam Jones or Nelson Cruz. I answered this question in the mailbag yesterday. Oh, this guy's all over the place. The Dear Mr. Fantasy, I should say. And what was the answer? My answer was that Phillips, I think, has more trade value unless it's a long-term keeper league, and that he should be able to land you. Either one of those players, I would shoot for Cruz. Um, but it's possible you might have to settle for Jones. And Braves Country 83, Jacob Castillo asks, I was offered a trade of Canerco, McCutcheon, Andrews, and Rivera. Canerco, McCutcheon, Andrews, and Mariano Rivera for Granderson, Cruz, Freeman, Nolasco. Is that a good trade? Giving up Granderson Cruz, Freddie Freeman, and Alasco to get Canerco, McCutcheon, Elvis Andrews, and Rivera. Yeah. I I say absolutely. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not missing anything. McCutcheon and Granderson, okay, slight advantage to Granderson. Cruz and Canerco cancel out. Andrews is much more valuable than Freddie Freeman. Rivera more valuable than Ricky Nolasco. So, yeah, the Canerco, McCutcheon, Andrews, Rivera side. Breaking it down the same way, only Scott did it faster. (laughs) Okay. Facebook now. Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Sebastian LeHue. Would you start Ackley over Kinsler at second base? If not, would you start Ackley at DH over Ethier? Oh, I like this one. How about this? How appropriate. Okay. First of all, would you start Ackley over Kinsler at second base? Kinsler homered, I think, for the second straight game yesterday. No, yeah, no. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't sit Kinsler. All right. Ever. And then would you start Ackley at DH over Ethier or Cargo? Oh. Ethier for sure. Cargo, <laughs> have to see where he's playing. Did, yeah, did it's this... only week 22 and the last week of the season where did he you, has all the road Did games. you come up with three down after I you swear. read this question? <laughs> I swear I didn't. I remember I... talking about the, the Cargo road splits last year, and we, we kind of downplayed it. But I, this year was more fun. Did I did I hear what was your answer? Uh well Ackley over Ethier, yes. 
And actually, no, not I mean, Adam's okay. point is that you know cargo is not really okay. going to be affected by this most of the season. So cargo over Ackley. Okay, yeah. R. D. Del Campo says, I know this is late, but I just received a very important trade deadline offer in my keeper league, and was hoping you guys could give me your opinion. I have a loaded pitching staff. My team is in first place, two games up. I've been offered Matt Cain and Shane Victorino for Josh Johnson, Jonathan Neese, and Josh Reddick. Would you pull the trigger on this to add another top arm or sit on Johnson, Josh Johnson, for next year? I'm reluctant to deal an ace, but I do have questions about Josh Johnson's shoulder issues two oh. years in a row, right? Yeah. This, Any guidance would be greatly appreciated. This is easy, easily make this deal. It, not even so much for Kane, but Victorino. I mean, that's an elite outfielder. So, oh, yeah. So you're getting, I think he's probably more valuable than Kane. So you're getting uh, the short term arm help you need, and you're getting a great. Uh, keeper viable outfielder, so definitely. David Pelk, Maben or Espinosa in utility spot? Al? Going uh, Espinosa here. Okay. Nick Jones, please rank for the rest of the year for deep NL only leagues. Go- oh, Al, another one. Nah, here. Gold- no. <laughs> Goldschmidt. <laughs> Once is enough. Goldschmidt, JD Martinez, Pagan, and Duda. Goldschmidt, J.D. Martinez, Pagan, and Duda. Well, we know I take Goldschmidt over Martinez, although that was just a home run question, but overall value still. Uh, Pagan's a little banged up, and uh, Duda is going to be behind Goldschmidt. So I'll go Goldschmidt, Pagan, Duda, Martinez. I'll go Pagan, Martinez all around. I like him more than Goldschmidt, than Goldschmidt, than Duda. All right. Quick pitch time, one player in each league to keep an eye on. We start in the American League with Brandon McCarthy. He is Scott's AL quick pitch. Yes, Brandon McCarthy is. I liked him at the beginning of the season before he had the shoulder trouble. And and still, looking at his numbers now, he doesn't seem to be getting nearly the credit he deserves in fantasy. 331 ERA, 117 whip. A 320 ERA in the seven starts since returning from the DL. Um, and, And bigger than all of that for me is... Eight innings in two of the last three starts. Eight innings in fifteen uh, in five of sixteen starts this season. So that alone, uh, he doesn't need to be a big strikeout guy to be a, a mixed league guy. Um, only owned in forty five percent of leagues. Uh, going against the Rangers on Friday, it is at home and not in Texas, so less of a test. But still, the Rangers obviously a good offensive ball club. If he has another good start against them, I would say. Uh, all leagues, you need to look into picking this guy up, Brandon McCarthy. Okay. And Fausto Carmona in the AL for Al. Yeah. Um, so since he's come back from the DL, he's he's performed a lot better. Um, I'm not sure if that's just coincidence, but he does have four quality starts out of his last six. He was just miserable prior to those last six starts. And uh, Carmona starts against the Tigers on Thursday. So I think this is a good test because he hasn't really been overwhelming in these six starts. He's had good results, not a lot of strikeouts, which, I mean, you don't necessarily roster Carmona for the strikeouts in the first place. But I think, you know, this is a good lineup, be a good test for Carmona. If he does well, uh, probably needs to be owned in in more leagues uh, for Week 20. So he's your quick pitch, so make sure you go on Twitter now and see if he's injured out. That's right. All right? <laughs> give it 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> Scott's NL player is Derek Lee. Yeah, it's Derek Lee, and it's. <laughs> I feel like I started both these quick pitches like a spelling bee. Say the guy's name <laughs> at the beginning, say it at the end. Do you need me to use Derek Lee in a sentence? <laughs> no, I, I got this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Derek Lee, 
uh, is joining with uh, Ryan Ludwig, actually, is kind of a co-quick pitch here. But Lee, the bigger one, because uh, he's only played five of ten games since coming over to the Pirates because of a, a hand injury. He got hit early and has been dealing with it off and on. That's a concern for me because Jose Tabata is on his way back. They've already said he has a job. Alex Presley is on his way back. The way he performed before going on the DL, you have to think he still has a job. So that means two players have to leave the Pirates lineup, assuming Garrett Jones. I mean, we've talked about him being hot. Assuming he stays in it, two other players have to leave. Lee looks like an obvious candidate since he's not even playing right now uh, consistently enough to prove himself. And, And then Ryan Ludwig seems like the other guy just... I'm not sure he's good enough. The thing that was interesting about both those trades, the Pirates obviously acquired them because they were in contention at the time, but it didn't seem like they were better than the players they already had. They're low-end hitters even even by you know not necessarily fantasy standards, but major league standards. So mm-hmm. I, I could see them both being part-timers at best uh, once Tabata and Presley return. So... Uh, shouldn't have much interest in Lee or Ludwig. Nice trade deadline there, Pittsburgh. Yeah, it worked out well. Uh, Juan Rivera in the NL. Yeah, well, the, my, my theme for today is guys that I completely gave up on and now are showing pulses. So just like Carmona has uh, sort of uh, arisen from the dead, Juan Rivera getting a second life uh, now with the uh, with the Dodgers. Since coming over there, he's played 22 games, batting three thirty eight, and uh, probably just as important, if not more, Isolated power of 169, which is not great for an outfielder and a guy who's also playing first base, but a lot better than it was uh, in Toronto. So um, Rivera, I wouldn't say necessarily, uh, you know, valuable in that many mixed leagues, but in, in deeper formats, somebody to, uh, to give a second look to. Yeah, well, I guess that means the man in white wasn't doing his, doing his work for Juan Rivera. Nope. So what's up with that man in white? Yeah. Okay, time for emails. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. First one comes from Mike. Dear Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Do you guys like uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young? Uh, like, yeah, you know, versus CSN? <laughs> yeah. With, with Neil Young? CSNY. Better with Neil Young, I think. Okay. Uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is one of my favorite songs. I'm not a huge CSN one, and yeah, them. CSNY, but that's a great song. You should listen to it, Scott. I, I can see you're not a big, uh, not a big. <laughs> I music. don't know what you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> okay, they're not a country band. Sorry. Uh, I'm no. in a 12-team head-to-head category league. I have an abundance of starting pitchers and relief pitchers. Are there any buy-low outfielders that I could pick up before my trade deadline Sunday? Buy-low outfielders. Okay, these broad questions. I got to just pull a name out of thin air, and I got to stall to do that. <laughs> And the buy low outfielder I like right now. Um, and I'm not helping you out at all here. Shinsu Chu, I, I feel like their owner is not going to be counting on him for much. So you could still probably get him for pretty low coming off the DL. Um, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, you could call a bar, buy low outfielder for some of the reasons we've talked about already. <laughs> You got any names you want to yeah, add I'm, to this? Even I'm struggling list. I mean, because the guys we've been talking about lately are are guys like like the ones we just got tweets about. You know the JD Martinez's and well, what about Pagan? See by low. 
Well, he's so low to begin yeah, with. Exactly. We've really been talking about me. so many low-end guys. Yeah, the, and that's exactly it. The guys that I'm thinking of as low-end guys are maybe a little too low-end for 12-team. I'll throw a, a name out there, uh, Colby Rasmus. He did cross my mind, but I'm just not convinced he's going to be that good. Yeah. Okay. Next up is uh, Dave. I have Hanley at $51 as a keeper next year. We keep 15. Should I keep Hanley Ramirez at 51? Think I could redraft him for cheaper? It's a 12-team Roto League. I think you can absolutely draft him for cheaper. I'm still on the fence about whether or not he's going to be a first-rounder next year, to be honest. It looked like he was going to be, but then the shoulder injury came up, and I don't know. It depends how he finishes the season. Kevin in Devon, Pennsylvania wrote us, uh, the subject was 2B or not 2B, but it was the, the number 2 and the letter B. So second baseman or not second baseman, I have Danny Espinosa, Jason Kipnis, and Brett Lowry are available. Guide me, Sage Ones. I would say, I mean, I'm assuming we're picking one of three, and mm-hmm. my one is Lowry. Because uh, he's uh, got power that's probably at least equal to uh, Espinosa and should provide a much higher batting average. This is a tough question, really. Um, but I, I, I feel like I've got to stick with Espinosa for now because even though he's slumped recently, he's been good for a much longer stretch of the season than either Kipnis or Laurie have, so I'll, I'll stick with him. Scott, give me five by low second baseman in a 14-team Roto League. <laughs> uh, you thought that was a tough question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all yeah. right, here we go. Last, uh, last email, 10-team head-to-head non-keeper league. I've been in first place throughout the entire season, but I'm concerned my bats will not get me through the playoffs uh, in a 10-team league. Would you trade any of the below pitchers for a power upgrade in runs, average, home runs, RBIs, or should I sit tight and wait for my batters to come around? So who here would you sell for a big bat? Lincecum, Kershaw, Granke, Hellickson, Garza, Stoffer, Norris, Beachy, Chassin. I mean, the, the problem here is that aside from Lincecum and Kershaw, I think almost all these guys are underrated. In fact, I would say probably every one of them is underrated. Maybe not Hellickson, but Hellickson's not going to net you um, Batista, Granderson, and, and the rest of those guys unless maybe it's a two-for-one. So then would you trade Lincecum or Kershaw if he's got all these underrated pitchers? That's true. I think, you know, Granky, Beachy, Garza, they could step up. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, would probably trade actually Lincecum. I think Kershaw's been a little more solid. All right. But whichever one will get it for you. Yeah. Then we're done. Yeah. Okay, everybody go home and enjoy your Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Scott, I'm going to send you a link to that song. I think you're going to really like it. I have high hopes. <laughs> everybody will be back on Sunday to tell you who to start and sit in Fantasy Week 20. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. <laughs>